morning, good morning, good morning, Life City. So excited to be here today, and I have my Bible says a man that finds a wife finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. I got my good thing in my favor up here with me today. Act like you love me. Get closer. <laughs> but um, she is the most amazingly gifted and talented person um, that I know. I, just, I keep peeling back layers and finding more and more, even as we're married. That's right. Um, but um, I'm excited to let everyone know that my good thing has decided to give us another addition to Life City. Um, she is with child <laughs> and pregnant, so we are believing God. Just stretch your hands towards her real quick. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you uh, for this gift that you've given us and given Life City. And we speak blessings now, um, knowing that you're able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask, think, or imagine. And we believe for miracles for this child to come, that there'll be everything that you've created and called them to be. Bless the pregnancy. Bless her. Let it be smooth and without, without any issue. In Jesus' strong name we pray, we believe it, and we count it done. Amen. 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 I love you. She's so cool. She lets me hang out with her sometimes. And uh, so we're excited to uh, have everybody here today. Um, and I've already talked about next steps and what um, that means to us as a church. And if you've not been part of that, uh, please become part of that. The next round we do that. We've been in this series called Radical, um, and we're finishing it up. Uh, this week, but in the series we talked about how uh, following God radically is not what we think, but it's always more than we could possibly have imagined, and it's better than we could imagine. And then I was just so blessed. Uh, last week we had five communicators, six communicators, who really shared in their individual stories about what it meant in their life to radically follow Jesus. How many of you were blessed by that uh, last week? It was so amazing to hear them. Uh, speak from their hearts, and if you haven't had a chance to hear that, I encourage you to, to subscribe to the podcast and just go back and listen to that. Each of them had just such a great uh, individual word uh, that I think was timely, and so I thought one of the best ways that we could end our Radical series was um, to have a Vision Sunday, and that that's Vision Sunday is this week, and, and the promise that I've made to our team and felt strongly directed by the Lord is that I would only uh, preach or teach on this topic uh, once a year, and that's it. And I trust God to just do uh, what he needs to do in the hearts and minds of people. So this is, is Vision, Vision Sunday, and I wanted to take some time to really set some direction um, and just cast some vision for where I believe God is taking our church in 2019. Um, if you've come over the past 11 weeks or so, how many of you know God has truly been good to us since the launch of this church? He's just, he's allowed us to just be able to do uh, some amazing things. And that's because of each and every one of you putting your heart and your soul into serving um, and helping prepare an atmosphere where God can speak to people. That's important. If you, if you have a church and you come together and God doesn't speak, how many of you know you're just having a meeting? But we need God to speak to us. I trust God to speak to, to me and deal with me every day. And I encourage you uh, to do the same thing. And so since we launched 11 weeks ago, it's amazing that, that we've seen people get saved. We've had baptisms. We've had uh, rededications. We've um, been able to bless our community, bless our school. And, but I believe that God, there's a place that he wants to take us 
um, as a church and also wants to take us individually. How many of you know God has a plan for you? Oh, say it like you mean it. Say amen. You got to know and believe. You got to wake up every morning knowing that God has a plan for your life. And I think that sometimes the issue that we run into is the fact that we, we wake up and we have a decision to make as to whether we're going to do it our way or whether we're going to do it God's way. And how many of you know that when we do it our way, usually that ends up in frustration? But when you do it God's way, there's just something about it. It doesn't mean that you don't have tests or struggles or, or trials or even disappointments or distractions, but when you do it God's way, he not only will bring you to it, he'll bring you through it. Somebody shout uh, amen. And so I believe that one of the things that God uh, desires us to do as individuals and, and, and even as a church is to be people that live generously. People that live generously is it, it, so important. It, as a matter of fact, gener generosity is a character of God. For Remember that, that scripture that everybody knows in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he did what? He gave his only son. So you were worth his son. Isn't that powerful? Anytime you question your value and your worth as a believer, know that you were worth his son um, dying on a cross so that you can have new life. And so here's what I want you to know. Kerry Newoff, he's a leadership expert, he says this. He says, money isn't the mission, but money funds the mission. Money isn't the mission. I think that one of the things in our world that's a problem, um, and if you're here for the first time, like I said, we, we talk about this once a year. So don't, don't even worry about it. Say, some people will say, well, I'm not coming back. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> uh, but he said, money isn't the mission. Money funds the mission. And so he also goes on to say something very interesting. He says that if you give people a cause to make a difference in the world and a way to help others, they will rally. How many of you know that... that there's something that calls to you from the inside each and every day to, to, to be significant, yes. come on, in this world. Yes. God calls each and every one of us to make an impact in this world. That was, I was listening to one of the uh, um, older saints told me a few weeks, maybe, maybe about a month ago, she said, she pointed at me. Matter of fact, it was Rosie's mother. Rosie's mother said, she said, wherever you go, leave your mark. And that thing stuck with me for a long time. And I said, well, that's what I really need to say to the people in our church. Wherever you go, God puts something inside of you. And I'm challenging you today to leave your mark. And it's not about leaving your mark for you, but leaving your mark for Jesus. Somebody shout amen. And so here's what the Bible says in Matthew uh, chapter 28. He says, then the 11 disciples left for Galilee going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. How many of you know when you come together, there'll be some who worship and some, some who see God and hear God and what you're saying, and then there'll be others who kind of doubt? You know that that's the case, right? You know, you can preach the word, people will be worshiping, and faith is rising in some, but there's some that it's like, ah, you know, I don't know about this, right? You ever been there? I hear it, it sounds good, it sounds right, but I'm not really sure. And so Jesus came and told the disciples, I've been given all authority on heaven and on earth, therefore do what? Go. How many of you know church is not in the building? So that's why he says, go. <laughs> go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching these new disciples to do, to obey the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always even to the end of the age. And so I said that, how could I put that? Because to, to help people understand that the vision out of our church is this. 
And really, it should be the vision of every church. Say amen. And so, but I said, let, let's put this in the words that we understand. And so our vision is to meet people wherever they are and to help them become everything that God wants them to be. How many of you know that's Matthew 28? You go and you meet people where they are and you help them to become everything that God wants them to be. And so how is that played out in our lives on a regular basis? Well, this is how it's played out. Our mission is to, to help people to do three things. So when we come together at 10 o'clock, matter of fact, when our team gathers on Saturday night, uh, Saturday morning to set up and we pray and we come together and we pray and we get things going today, it's all for these three reasons. We want to help people to connect to God. We want them to have a genuine experience with God. Amen? So, so we don't come together just to sing songs and just do that. We want you to experience on Sunday a genuine encounter with the living God. How many of you know he's alive? He is alive, and we want to also care for people. We want you to, to be cared for and know that when you step into this place, when you step into this assembly, that there's somebody who cares. So there might be, honestly, a time where you might be trying to rush out and somebody might chase you down. I'm just being honest because we love people like that. So someone might chase you down just to, 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 to let you know how much we care. And then more uh, importantly is we want to show compassion in our city. Where, where's uh, uh, Rachel and, and Kylie? Where are you? Just throw your hands up. Okay. I'm so proud of my wife and Desmond and, somebody, and Audrey and so many others who either gave to the clothing drive um, and really went out and ministered yesterday at the city rescue ministry, uh, mission, right? That's what we're all about. So many people were blessed by the fact that we participated. Come on. We participated in seeing people's lives change. And I can't say, I probably told them a hundred times how, how proud I am of them because that is making an impact in our world. It's one thing to sit in the seat, right? But it's another thing to get out there and do what God has called us to do, be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And so let me just give you some principles here. And then first is this, to live generously, we must be concerned more with our legacy, right, than our history. We must be concerned more with our legacy than our history. So many things that, that keep us from living generously and living the way that God wants us to live is we're constantly rehearsing the past, right? You ever been there where you, your past was on rewind? Be real. Somebody be real in here with me. Where, where what I experienced, the, the hurts that I've experienced, the things that I've experienced in my life, they just, I just kept playing them over and over and over again in my mind. How many of you know God wants to move you to another place? But you've got to have vision, and vision speaks to going forward. It doesn't speak to looking back. So living generously, we want to be more concerned about our legacy than our history. Secondly, uh, to live generously, we must live for a purpose that will outlive us. I want to pause on that thought for a minute and really cause us to think about it. Am I doing what I'm doing? Am I giving what I'm giving? Am I saying what I'm saying for me? Got to be honest. Or am I planting seeds for something that will outlive me? Something that I, you, you, the funny thing about uh, living for God is many times our obedience to God, our trust in God is not even about us. It's about a generation that's coming behind us. You got to realize that because once you catch a vision for the fact that God wants to do something in you and through you that, that, that leaves a mark beyond you, your life will change. 
completely. I think about this even now with, with my daughter and soon to be other child coming is the fact that everything I do, everything I'm involved in, it's not just about me and my satisfaction and my comfort. God will push me beyond my comfort zone because he wants what's coming behind. Come on. He wants what's coming behind me to be blessed as well. So every time you look at the people um, that God allows you to touch and he allows you to influence, you got to say, this isn't about me. As a matter of fact, say that. Say, it's not about me. Now, the beautiful thing about God is that even though we, he calls us to do things that are not about us, he'll still bless us in the process. Mm. That's good. Because here's, here's, what, here's what we're pre-programmed to do as believers. We're pre-programmed, even as believers and sincere Christians who are all about that. There's a piece of us that says, well, what's in it for me? Right? There's some, the only difference is some people will admit it and some people won't. <laughs> But, but the reality is, is what's in it for me. And the truth is that we'll never truly find lasting satisfaction in this world until we live beyond us. And so here's what the Bible says in um, Psalm, it should be Psalm 24, verse 1, just the first part of that. He says that the earth is the Lord's in everything in it. How many of you know the Bible is true? The word of God is true. It's not, up, it's not up for debate. So everything that we ever have in this world, any blessing we ever receive, our job, our home, our families, anything, it comes from who? It comes from God. It belongs to God. It doesn't belong to us. So if it doesn't belong to us, it means that I'm simply an asset manager. That means that I got, it, it doesn't belong to me, but God in his infinite wisdom has entrusted me and he's trusted you to manage what he's given us. And so this is why I've got to say in every area of my life, I'm constantly challenged because there's this tension. Am I going to do it my way? Come on. Or am I going to say, God, you know what? Can I just be, let me pastor you for a minute. Sometimes I've got to say my way ain't working. I know that's not good, good, good English, but I've got to say, look, I, for years, for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, doing it my way hasn't worked, right? So I've got to say, you know what, God, I'm going to humble myself. Bible says before honor is what? Humility. So I've got to humble myself so I can receive what you have for me. Say Amen. And so the earth is the Lord's, and it's, but it starts with that principle that everything that I ever have in this world, I'm not just talking about materials, but everything to have in this world, it comes from God. It comes from God. I can't do, you know, you can't even wake up unless God allow you to. You, you, every breath you take, I, I mean, let me get some humility into us that every breath we take comes from God. And so here's the, the, the reality is that when God says that's your last one, there's nothing you can do about it. But while I'm here and I have breath in my body, I'm going to go all out doing everything that you have me to do. I'm going to leave it all out there. I'm not holding anything back from you anymore. Say amen. Say no more. So it's God's desire that we be people who seek to do good and impact the world we are in. Listen, I, I just didn't, my wife and I didn't just answer a prayer to start a church because it was a cool thing to do. 
Can I be honest and transparent with you? I, we didn't do this. Life City Church doesn't exist because it's just the next cool thing to do. We believe with all of our heart that God called us to make an impact in this city and in this area of town. And so we believe that, that it's, it's different. We believe with all of our heart that God sent us here. And we believe that every one of you who he's connected to this vision and his mission, he sent you here too. And so that's why this church is not going to be a pastor-centered church. It's going to be a church that uh, is filled with the power and the presence of God so that we can see our world impacted for Jesus. Can we say amen? So here's some promises that he gives us. First, he says in Proverbs 11:25, he says this. He says, the generous will what? Prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. See, the principle that we find in Scripture over and over again is we have to get outside of the box of self. It, as long as, can I help you? As long as I am concerned about me and only me, then it's like, you, you, ever, you ever, somebody said, hey, let me help you, and you ever said, no, I got it, Right? And you ever somebody come alongside, can I just, no, 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 I, I got it, I got it, I got it. And meantime, on the inside, you're so frustrated because you don't have it. That's me, men are good for that. Men, men are real good for that. Uh, uh, what's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> Do you need help? Is there something? No, I got this, I'm the man. And meanwhile, inside, we're like, I don't know how much. <coughs> Uh, but the reality is, is that even with the principle of the scripture, the generous will prosper. Now that word gets a negative word in our time today. But the reality is, is the word means this. It means success and to move forward. That's what it means. So we could say this, the generous will move forward. How many of you want to move forward in your life? How many would be honest to say, I've been stuck in this place too long? I've been stuck in this place in my mind too long. I've been stuck in this place in my heart too long. It's time for me to move forward. The reality is sometimes the solution that God gives you is not the one you want. See, if you pray like me sometimes, you're like, God, do this, but I want you to do it this way and connect this dot to this dot and then bless me by 2.30. That's some of the prayers we pray. But the reality is a surrender and humility says, you know what, God, I, I need you to move, but I'm submitting myself to doing it your way. And so there's a, di a direct relationship between generosity and moving forward. Generosity and moving forward. Why? Because it, it, if, if it does not do anything else, are y'all still with me? I promise you I'm not going to preach long. But if, if you understand anything else, what it does is take your mind off of you. And your present problems, how many of you have a present problem right now? Present situations going on in your life. Uh, things that you got on the altar, things that you believe in God for. Well, here's the thing. When we get a vision for where God is taking us individually as a church, what it does is take your mind off of your own struggle. And puts you in position. Say position. And it puts you in position for God to move you forward. So, there's also a direct relationship between... Uh, Sowing and significance. When we, 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 we realize this principle, and I'm going to say this again later, how many of you have seen a, an, expected, an expected farmer get criticized? Hands up. 
No one criticizes a farmer who lives expectantly, yet we want to criticize believers who do. Right? It's quiet in here. But the reality is, is that as a believer, when you plant encouragement, you should expect to what? Reap what? Come on, it's not, it's not hard. We, we should expect to, because the Bible says we'll reap what we so there should be an expectation, come on, that whenever I plant, my godfather, he's, a, he's, a, 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 a old, he's passed away, but he's a preacher for a long time. He said, nobody plants corn and expects to get a peach. You know how the old school people used to say things like that. You know, but the reality is, so, but, so we got to get out of this place of feeling bad about the fact. No, when I plant, I expect to... And this thing is good. I got to slow down a little bit. Right. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures where? In heaven, where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there will the desires of your heart be also. Here's the principle. My desires will always... influence my decisions. Look at your own life right now. Take inventory of your life right now. And I've got to ask myself, have my desires been in alignment with my decisions? Because here's what happens. When desires and decisions are not in alignment, frustration is inevitable. So what happens here, watch this, we love God, but here's what happens. We are praying for things, we're desiring for things, we're believing God for things, but our decisions, hmm? Let me make it real easy. You, 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 you want to have peace with your wife, but you keep opening your mouth when you shouldn't. Come on. See, I desire peace, but I won't shut it. Simple, simple as that. But, but the, so the, the, the principle spiritually is the same. It's like there's so many promises and things that God promises us in the word, but we refuse. We want God's promises our way. Tell somebody it's not going to work. Don't work like that. A life of freedom begins when we realize that everything we have comes from God and it belongs to God. So the vital question that I must answer in any and every facet of my life is if, if I'll be a consumer or a contributor. Don't raise your hand, but how many people, you, you, you have people like that in your family? They are professional takers. <laughs> some relationships are like that too. We just, I, I, I don't know how to be a pastor any other way. I just gotta be honest with you. Some people are professional at taking. My name is Jimmy, I take everything you give me. Got a few people like that I know. But the reality is, is I've gotta make a decision. Am I going to be a consumer Myrrh, like our society, always teaches us consume, 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 consume. Commercials, consume, consume, consume. Restaurants, consume, consume. But at some point, if I'm all only consuming, I'm going to get full. And if I get full, I'm not going to move. Because getting full, how many of you, 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 you did that real good eating over Thanksgiving? You know how it is. And save those, you save those leftovers too. So in your mind, you're like, mm, I, I want some more of that. We'll go back to it. You know, I didn't have to share my, my mom makes me stuffing, like my own little thing. Don't laugh at me, I'm 40, but she still makes it for me. 
Y'all judging me. Y'all got some people in your family like that too. But my point is this. I get to eating that thing and the taste is so good. I was like, man, I'm sure, did, I'm sure glad my wife didn't ask for any. She didn't either, so I ate it all. But then, I, then, that, then that food tired came over me. You know, so I, there were some things I needed to do, but my eyes were getting heavy. So I'm like, you know what? It, either way, it can wait. <laughs> Spiritually, it's the same thing. You can come in Sunday after Sunday, Monday after Monday, consume podcast after podcast and eat and eat and eat and read and read. But if nothing goes out, you'll get tired and you're not going to move. So God did not put anything in you. Listen, God did not give you anything. He didn't put anything in you that he didn't expect you to use. So you're supposed to be a, 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 a conduit that divine blessings not only flow to, but flow through. Say, God, design me to be a blessing. So here's what happens. The, the challenge that we face with this is that, Lord, I'll do it when, right? You ever said that in your life? With anything, with anything, because it's the principle I'm talking about today. I'll do it when, I'll do it when it's more convenient, I'll do it when things are working out better. And the problem is you never actually do it because you weren't designed that way. You were designed that whatever God placed in you, it was supposed to flow out so he could keep pouring. So when you need encouragement, let me give you a little little principle um, with this. When you need encouragement, start finding some people to encourage. When you need prayer, start finding some people to pray for uh, to pray for you. When you need when you have needs in your own life, start meeting people other needs. Why? Because you were designed for it to flow through. And trust me, if you don't hear anything else I say, when you just start, God will start. Oh my. All right. So Second Corinthians nine six. I gotta I gotta bring this in. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds, what will he get? Hey, this is God. Don't get mad at me, okay? But the one who plants generously will get what? So there's an undeniable relationship between our level of planting and our level of harvesting. And this is why I guarantee you, some people will leave here mad with me today. And you'll leave mad because you'll say, well, the pastor's talking. Listen, no. God said there's a relationship that's tied together. And see, some of you, listen, let me, let me give you the illustration of a married couple here. If you pour into that mate, and you, 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 some of you wives, let me help you. You need to make your husband feel like he's the best thing since sliced bread. Just make him, make him feel. That's why I'm with my wife. She started from day one. Listen, I'm going to be open, transparent. She started from day one, speaking into me, encouraging me. Before we were just courting, she's, t- you can make it. You can, do th- you can do that. And that's one of the things that attracted me to her. That's why Joy's here. I'll let y'all catch that later on. But no, here's my point. Here's my, no, seriously. So, so the thing is, is she planted and so she's planting, 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 making me feel like I'm, I'm you know, I can, I can conquer anything. So you know what? It doesn't matter. If a bear come out, I'm ready. 
I'm ready because she sowed, come on, she sowed what she wanted to see. Hmm. It's an undeniable relationship between our level of planting and our level of harvesting. I've said this earlier, no one ever criticizes a farmer who lives with expectation. Say, I will live with expectation. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says this. It says, you must each decide where? In your own heart. This is why I only teach on this once a year. Because you have to do business with God. And you have to make a decision in where? Your heart of what you're going to do. So you decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly under response to pressure. Listen, I'll get in trouble for this, but I've seen some crazy stuff in church. $20 lines, $30 lines, 50 Come on. Just so, be obedient to God and trust him to move in your life. That's what the word of God says, amen? And so he says, don't give reluctantly or in a response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives how? So what I do, I to be able to do with some joy, right? I can, I can sing with joy. I can pray with joy. I can love you with joy, but we got to get this grace right too. And I got to be able to give with joy as well. Somebody say amen. You know, I'm preaching this and I'm excited for you because I feel revelation is happening in this place right now because some of, some of you have been taught the wrong way for years. You've been taught that you're giving and you're going to get three houses, Right? Somebody's been taught that. You've been taught that, you know, I, I'm a sow today and then God is going to give me a mansion. Come, that is foolishness, not word. Nowhere in scripture. But what he does say is that if you sow, I got a promise that I'm going to make sure you harvest. And so we're called, watch this, to respond to purpose, not pressure. We're called to respond to purpose. This is why when we take an offering here, it's 45 seconds to a minute. And I say, go, go drop it outside or do it online. Because I, there's no need for me to pressure you. If something clicks with you and the word of God and vision, then you just obey God and do it. And I, I trust him to do what? Exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask, think, or imagine. Say, God has called me to be a participant in my miracle. There's another promise to this. Watch this. And this is where some of us are. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God will generously provide some of what you need. Oh, I read it wrong? Okay. God will generously provide all that you need. But some of us are living and giving like he's going to do some. But God says, I'll provide all you need. And here's the part. I like. Actually, that part is good, but I like the next part. I love the next part. Then you will always have, not sometimes, always have everything you need and what? Plenty left over. God did not do anything for you for your four and no more. God has positioned you, no matter where you feel like you are in your life, to have something left over. And he wants it left over so that, see, see, blessings were not meant to be contained. They were meant to run over. Ah, 
So when your joy is running over, somebody who's depressed and struggling, they'll catch a hold of your joy. See, these principles are not just for tangible things. They apply all over the world. So, so, so that means that when I'm struggling with peace, I'm like, wait a minute, why that person have so much peace? It just seems to be running over. No matter what they're going through, they have peace. You know what? They got a hold of what God wants to do in their life. You ever been so full of anxiety, but you got around somebody who was just calm and peaceful? At first, you got frustrated. Because you just, you, you, you're getting angry at the fact that I want this in my life too. But then something about that peace began to overflow. Come inside of you. When we live generously, God always reveals himself to not merely be the God of just enough. How many of you know just enough is not God? Nowhere in scripture, from Genesis to Revelation. Y'all with me still? I'm almost finished, I promise. But, but. For you to say that God is, do you have seasons? You'll have seasons where you have just enough. And, and God is teaching you. Like, like in the Old Testament, they had manna every day. But he was teaching them something. I want you to depend on me daily. But then they got to the sixth day, and he said, you know what? Go in and gather, right? He said, go in and gather the sixth day enough so that you have some left over. <laughs> For the next day. So when we live generously, God proves himself to be not merely the God of just enough, but God of more enough. Second Corinthians 9, 9. We're almost done. And the scriptures say they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Our generosity is designed to produce a legacy that lives beyond our life. I'm going to spend the next few minutes sharing with you some things that, that God is very short, but some things that God is going to be taking us in 2019. For God is not the one who provides, God is the one who provides seed to the farmer and then bread to eat. And in the same way, he will provide an increase, say increase, increase. your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way. Say every way. Every way. How many of you, you're praying for God, but you want him to just do it one way? But the reality is he wants to enrich every area of your life. See, we know what we want, but God knows what we need. Yes, you will be enriched every way so that you can always be generous. There's that word again. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. When we serve God, he'll put us in a situation in which we can live in a place of perpetual generosity. I just believe, you, you, ever, you ever had the satisfaction of being in, in a drive-thru and paying for somebody behind you? Or being, being in a, a, a restaurant and just saying, look, take care of that table too? See, see and, and then you didn't even have to get the credit for it. You know why? Because God was giving you a satisfaction of living and blessing beyond yourself. And so we as a church, there's several things that we, we, we're going to do um, in 2019, and we've started already. Um, we are very big. Um, we're part of a, a group, a church planning organization called ARC, the Association of Related Churches, um, that believe in national and global church planning. And so we believe one of the things that we'll be doing on a regular basis is sowing into other people who are where we are right now. How many of you know you can't wait? Say Amen. 
You can't wait. You've got to begin to, to sow and begin to bless, bless others on a regular basis. As a church, we're going to be involved in that. Um, one of the things that we did even yesterday, um, you did, as a church, was you participated in gathering clothes uh, for the homeless. Um, how many of you know people, there's people out there in need? Sometimes because we didn't sit where other people sat, listen, then we can't identify where they've been. But if you've ever been where you just didn't have and didn't know where it was coming from, then you see divine blessing <laughs> upon um, enriching somebody else's life. Man, I, I, I got, personally, I got joy out of going through a bunch of my stuff that was nice and say, hey, somebody else, let's bless somebody else. As a church, we want to continue to, to, to minister alongside Cup of Love um, in 2019. One of our big initiatives when we started, we said that we didn't, as a, as a church, we did not just want to be here on Sunday. When I came in and met with the principal, I said, we didn't want to be here on Sunday. We wanted to have a relationship with you. So we, we, we put a lot of time here and resources at Ed White High School. We're here mentoring students. Um, several of our teams spent, I think, six, seven Fridays in a row, Thursdays, um, just out ministering um, at the concession stand during fo football season. Um, so it, how many of you know everything you do is not, it's not preaching on a Sunday, not singing on a Sunday, but God is called, he calls us to be the arms and the feet of Jesus. In other words, sometimes you, a lot of times you got to get outside these walls. Yes. Come on. You know the old mentality, build it and they will come. But that's not what Jesus said at the beginning of verse. He said, go. And so we want to be a church that constantly goes. Um, we also... You also, as a church, you blessed um, several students with uniforms here um, at the church who couldn't, couldn't afford to get them, couldn't afford to. You blessed teachers here with, with meals. You, you did this as a church, so you give yourself a hand. You did those things as a church. One of the things that we want to um, incorporate into 2019 um, is there is a place, and if I've got the, I don't believe it, a sanctuary on A Street. Um, we want to part, be part of what they're doing and tutoring kids um, during the week as well um, and also helping be a resource to them in some areas that they need. Um, we want to also be a part of House of Destiny, which is a children's orphanage in Guatemala. Um, how many of you know all of this is outside, yes. right? Outside of the walls. And also we want to, um, the, uh, the scriptures tell us that, that God will bless those who bless Israel. How many of you know that? So we want to support also uh, the gospel in Israel. And so what we'd like to do um, over the next 12 months is raise at least $50,000 over our um, regular tithe and offering. And we're going to ask you to trust God. Um, we're going to ask you to trust God to show you what to do. That's it. I'm not making any big appeals on that. I'm asking you. We, we know we're supposed to tithe and, and give. But whatever God wants you to do on a regular basis over the next 12 months, uh, to really help us continue being and that second having compassion outside. Amen? How many of you can get behind this? How many can get behind this? Having compassion outside of these walls. Trust me when I tell you this. If you can get outside of the walls and get outside of yourself, if you take care of God's business, who said that? He'll take care of your business. Trust me when I say this. So two, two, two dates that I want to give you just to think about, and then we're going to give you just, we're going to pray a little bit, um, and then we'll be done. Um, Giving Tuesday is, is November 
27th is a day set aside around the world where people give to um, various causes and different things. I would, I would ask you to consider um, planting something um, on that day just, just to get your heart ready and stirred uh, for doing that. And then also, December 30th, um, we'll be giving you some information. I ask you to just make a commitment over the next year what God uh, would ask you to do um, to be part of what we're doing as a church. Um, how many of you can say amen to that? How many of you are blessed by the word today? Oh, two people were blessed by the word today. Huh? <laughs> I love you guys. Let's stand to our feet. I'm going to ask our worship team to come. Um, we're going to do something different here today as we wrap up. Um, I ask our prayer team, uh, anybody who's on our prayer team, to come up as well. And just, just stand and just take a minute to just lift your hands. Every head bowed and every eye closed all over the room today. And as they're coming, I want us to just take, we take about two or three minutes to just spend some time with God because here's what, here's what I know as a pastor. Here's what I, I know through personal experience and I know as a pastor. There's any area that the enemy seeks to steal our joy and our peace that's in the area that I talked about today. Only difference is that some of us will be real about it and some of us will act like we're not. But, but he will challenge us and challenge us in this area. And so I want to invite God. No gimmicks, no games. I just want to invite God to change the atmosphere in this area of finances for us, in this area of generosity or anything, any particular things that you need. And so as we're praying... Um, what I want you to do is just begin to petition, spend some time with the Lord and begin to petition him in this area for anything that, that you're believing him to do. Um, this is not something we don't normally close our services like this, but I feel led for, to just for you to have some time to just spend with the Lord and say, Lord, speak to me, deal with me. Um, what, what I know is God in these times, he speaks to us and he just gently will take our hand and pull us a little bit forward. And so as we sing today, I just want you to invite God into this area of your life and any other areas. Um, if there's anybody, you've not been saved, you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I want to agree with you quickly in prayer. I'm not going to ask you to come up. Just slip your hand up so I know who you are. You've never made a decision uh, to follow Jesus and you want to do that today. I want to agree with you in prayer. And Maybe you're here and you uh, need to rededicate your life to the Lord. You know, I, I love God, but I haven't really been going all the way with him. Just slip your hand up so I can pray for you uh, quickly. Amen. Amen. I want to agree with you. And as we worship, just, just let go today. Let this be a day of release, a day of new beginnings uh, for you um, as God begins to move in your life. Go ahead, worship team. If you need prayer, you can come up. Our prayer team is here. Spirit of God, fall fresh on us. We need your Your kingdom come, your will be done here at 
fall fresh on us. We need your presence. Just you and God. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Here as in heaven. Spirit of God. song to him. He's worthy. He's worthy of all 